What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. Friday, February the 9th. It is SEC basketball is in the air. Guys are making string music. It is the greatest time of the year. College baseball is a week away. We are officially one week away from college baseball season. Going to be down in Starfield, Mississippi as Mississippi State takes on the Air Force Falcons for the first opening weekend of the year with the Hit It's a Hoover podcast. Looking forward to being down there. But on today's podcast, going to be joined by Blake Lovell from Southeastern 14. Blake is one of the greatest dudes in the media industry. Covers SEC basketball like nobody else. Blake's a good friend of mine. It's always come very nice to come on the Mitch Davis Show. And it's just a tremendous guy. So looking forward to talking SEC basketball with Blake Lovell here on the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the MitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show, co-host of the Hit It to Hoover SEC Baseball Podcast with my boy Jake Nichols. You can follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore 8, Instagram, Facebook at The Mitch Davis Show. And as always, head on over to the website for nothing but SEC content, man. It is a great time to be in the Southeastern Conference as we just turn this corner over to softball, baseball, March Madness, this is the best time of year for SEC fans across the Southeastern Conference and below the Mason-Dixon line as well. Again, thank you for listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I want to welcome Blake Lovell on the Mitch Davis Show. It seems like it's a uh, a regular thing now, like every month or so, Blake Lovell comes on the Mitch Davis Show to talk SEC basketball. Blake, it is February 9th, and we have got a cluster of teams in the SEC right now competing for that championship. Blake, how you doing? Welcome on the Mitch Davis Show. Yeah, good to talk to you as always, Mitch. It is kind of a, an interesting scenario right now in the SEC. I think if you would have said there's four teams with two losses, could have predicted three of them, probably not the fourth, uh, with South Carolina right now also standing there with, with two losses. So makes for a, a fun start to conference play, but really this SEC title race is way more interesting than I think any of us thought it would be uh, when you look at those four teams and maybe, you know, a team or two behind there that can make their way into the mix. So it should be kind of a fascinating stretch run here. So, Blake, so let's talk about South Carolina first. So the biggest surprise of the season, obviously, you know, you guys there, Southeastern 14, are big fans of what Lamont Parrish is doing. And we talked about it last year in Nashville and then how great the guy has been doing at South Carolina. How big of a surprise is it for you personally for South Carolina to be in this position or are they kind of right on target for where you thought they would be? Well, I am willing to say it time and time again. I was definitely the the wrong guy on South Carolina. I picked them 14th, and I said I didn't have much hesitation about that going into the season. Because as always, uh, I say it every year, preseason rankings are just they're worthless. Because all you do is you, you take what you had last year. You got teams who are adding new players every year. You can only just look at it on paper and say, well... I like that roster a little better. I like that roster a little better. And it turns out, you know, we like 13 other rosters better and we liked South Carolina's going to the season. But once you started to see them play, you're like, all right, definitely got this one wrong because, um, you know, there are still people asking the question, is South Carolina for real? We're 23 games in the season. They've won 20 of them. I think they're for real at this point. Um, they're, they're definitely – any talk we had in the preseason about them being last and all that, sure, people poke fun at us about it. That's great. But we ain't talking about that anymore because they are a legitimate SEC title contender when you look at their schedule. They play Vanderbilt on Saturday. Uh, they go to Auburn next Wednesday, which will be tough. 
But then they host LSU. They've got winnable road games at Ole Miss, Texas A&M, uh, Mississippi State. Like, those are all winnable for a team like South Carolina because we've seen it. I mean, they're just, you know, the way they play defense and all those things, they're going to have a chance in those games. They just don't shoot it very poorly like they did at Alabama where they got blown out. But, you know, all those teams aren't Alabama offensively either. So I think just the style that South Carolina plays, they're going to have a chance here the rest of the way. Like I said, I, I think they're going to factor into this SEC title race um, right down to the wire potentially. And so it's time to it's time to move past the uh, you know them being picked in the bottom couple teams in the SEC. Uh, they're they're a top five six seed in the NCAA tournament right now. I'd be surprised if they move much lower down than maybe a, a seven or so. Um, tell you one thing: if they move to an eight, I would want to be the one seed. Uh, playing this team as physical and aggressive as they are. So Gamecocks are in a good spot. Blake, uh, I want to talk to you about Kentucky, a team that kind of on the outside looking in right now, the top four in the SEC, and Kentucky struggled defensively, offensively looked good. Everybody knows the story there. But can the Wildcats catch up and, and get a double bye in the SEC tournament, or will Big Blue Nation have to uh, sweat it out on Thursday night of the SEC tournament? Well, I I think Kentucky's a boy. They're they're in an interesting spot right now because, yeah, I mean they've got four losses, and when you look at like we said, there are four teams ahead of them. Um, I don't really expect any of those four teams to drop off considerably, which means Kentucky's the team that's got to make up the ground. Um, and if you consider, they've still got to go to Auburn, they've still got to go to Tennessee, they've still got to go to Mississippi State. He's already beaten Tennessee and Auburn home. That's tough because you know you're definitely projecting probably at least a couple more losses for Kentucky, I would think. Um, even if it's just two, right? That still puts you with six. And I think it's going to be a challenge to stay inside that top four if you have six losses. Um, not impossible, depending on what the other teams do. But I just think it's, yeah, Kentucky's kind of put themselves in a position right now where they've, they're they working from behind here. And unless they play better defense, it's not going to matter because um, you know, they're probably not going to beat Auburn or Tennessee on the road if they don't play better defense. Uh, it'd probably be even a struggle to beat Alabama at home, the way Alabama plays offense. They got winnable games elsewhere. Uh, you know, should beat LSU on the road, should beat Ole Miss at home, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and such. But I just think Kentucky's kind of put themselves behind these other teams right now, and that's where, you know, they, they better be hoping for South Carolina to, to go the wrong direction or, you know, hoping for Alabama or Auburn to all of a sudden just start playing poorly which I just don't think is going to happen. So Kentucky's bigger issue, as we know, is their defense. And if they want to have the NCAA tournament success, they got to fix that uh, no matter what. So, Like, uh, I know you probably heard Coach Cal's kind of the secondary question to Kentucky, the Coach Cal's radio show on Wednesday night when he was basically pointing to the NBA All-Stars, the seven All-Stars, whatever it is. It really, truthfully, I mean, from, from the Kentucky standpoint, I know you listen to KSR and all those guys, it really doesn't matter. This team right now, the ceiling is very high, but the reality of it is Kentucky is kind of baseline. Okay, like, hey, this is kind of what the reality is. What is, in your opinion, kind of where where can Kentucky go with this? Are they going to lose on Thursday or Friday of the SEC tournament? Kentucky fans going to be really ticked off at Cal and go through this whole process again? Or do they have a run in them? Well, it's interesting. We we had we did our weekly mailbag, and someone asked the question if it's like time to start reevaluating, like Cal since 2020, basically, which is kind of when things have started to not go the direction that Kentucky fans have wanted it to. Um, and you know, we thought it'd be we thought we'd talk about it for five minutes and that'd be done, but we wound up talking about it for like 20 something minutes, and like we're just going through all these different things about 
if you really look at it, like how has Kentucky gotten here? And it's also a matter of expectations. I mean, I don't, I know all Kentucky fans are not going to agree with me when I say this, but I just, it's not realistic anymore to think that you're going to a win a national championship every year and even get to the final four every year because we're just, who else is doing that? Right? <laughs> like who else is doing that every year? Uh, it's just, it's the nature of where the game is at, like the transfer portal era. Like, it's not, you're not building teams the same way you used to. It's not back in the day where only a select group of teams were getting all the best players. There are great players going elsewhere because they're getting paid more to go elsewhere. <laughs> like, you know, or they're getting to play more somewhere else. Like, those are the reasonings now that you're seeing rosters being built the way they are. And sure, Cal's still building a great roster every year, but you just have less room for error than you used to, right? Like, Kentucky could have a bad game 10 years ago or something. And they probably still beat the seventh best SEC team by 20. <laughs> you know, I mean, they probably still would just because of the nature of where the league was at the time. But the league has gotten so much better. There's more parity in college basketball because of transfers, because you're rebuilding your roster every single year. And so I just think like you're going to have years where if you're a Kentucky fan, you're not used to it because you dominated in an era where you found the recipe to success. They, I mean, they essentially milked it dry, right? Like they went as far as you could go in terms of just building ridiculous rosters, winning SEC championships, getting to a Final Four, um, all that stuff. Sure, have they had as many they would as they would like under Cal? No, but still a program that's used to it, and so that's what's expected. It's just harder to think it's going to happen every year in this era, and so. You know, now it's like, well, hey, can we just get to the second weekend of the tournament? Because we haven't done that in so long now that, you know, that is a realistic expectation, in my opinion. There is a, an expectation, I think, when you say, look, we got to get to the second weekend of the tournament every year. That's fair because you should be setting yourself up to where you think you can be a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, or whatever. Um, and like we just said, Mitch, it's just, I don't know with this team. If they don't get better defensively, they're going to absolutely be a, a great candidate to get the wrong matchup with a 12 seed or something like that, and that team's going to go out and shoot the lights out, and Kentucky just can't stop them. Um, so it's an interesting spot for the Cats, for sure. Like a couple more negatives before we talk about the top of the SEC and Ole Miss, and I want to talk about the Rebels especially, but I want to ask you about Vanderbilt. Uh, what is the fix? <laughs> I know you and I have kind of hinted at it. We've kind of not gone dive, dive deep at it, but what is the fix yeah. for Vanderbilt basketball right now? Yeah, I don't think there's a, a very clear solution um, other than, you know, the ones that we know fans have been pushing for, whether it's just as they think it's as simple as a, you know, a coaching change. And sometimes, you know, maybe it is. It's at some point, maybe the relationship runs its course and it's like, all right, we're just not where we want it to be. Maybe neither party's happy with the other, um, you know, because I look, I the thing is, too, right, you can see it from Jerry Stackhouse's vantage point, like. He's right when he said it's not easy to get transfers to Vanderbilt. Like we know there are limitations with what you can do. Um, and it is, it's harder. And so look, there there are problems on both sides, probably. Um, do they need to do a better job of building, you know, a roster probably with more depth and overall talent? Yeah. Uh, because I've always said I think one of their strengths as a staff has always been player development. But it the problem is is like this just isn't the era where everyone else is focused on player development It's how can we get the, you know, the best, the quickest. And that means going out and getting all the older guys as transfers, just beating out, you know, not waiting for the three year developmental cycle of a freshman. And, and that's what's happening. And so 
there are limitations in place where they can't do some of that at Vanderbilt, but at the same time, you know, that they could probably still be doing a better job overall um, to, to try to put the roster together that they need to put together. Um, so it's a tricky situation because if we were talking about any other program other than Vanderbilt, Mitch, and you know the answer to this, like, would they accept the, the issues? You know, it, would, they, would they accept this many down years? And we, we both know the answer to that. There's no one else who would. Um, I just don't think they would in this era because, you know, but it's Vanderbilt and you just never know with that athletic department what they're going to do. Um, I don't know. I mean, at least right now, from what I've heard, there's still a thought. I mean, a decent thought that Stackhouse is going to be back next year, no matter how the season finishes. I mean, I just think right now that's the expectation. And so I know Vanderbilt fans are frustrated and maybe they find a way to fix it. But um, other than, you know, basically the, the momentum that they built last year, it's all out the window now. Like you, you don't just get to rely on one season and think it's going to carry over to the next. Cause that's just not the era that we're in anymore. So like, I want to ask you about Eric Musselman in Arkansas. And obviously we're not going to dive deep into the rumors and everything that is trans- tra- may or may not have transpired in Arkansas. I want to ask you about Eric Musselman point blank. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors. The anonymous Twitter burner, Twitter page, Trilly Donovan <laughs> is reporting certain things about Musselman. Uh, what are you hearing? Is can or should Arkansas fans be concerned about the future of their program under Musselman? Well, I think there's definitely um, a thought out there that he will not be their coach next year. Um, you know, I I've heard it from multiple places that that is certainly a strong possibility. Uh, which is, I just I can't even wrap my head around it because it's like this has been the last team standing in the NCAA tournament in the SEC for three straight years. And how did we get here just in one bad season that went off the rails? I'm not sure, but clearly there's something to it if I'm hearing it from multiple places. Uh, but you always hear wild things when a season's going bad. <laughs> and you never know if it's going to be true or not by the time the season gets to an end. So, sure. Are there people Are there people out there that think Garrett Musselman is going to be the next coach at Louisville? Yes. I can say with full confidence there are people out there who probably think that they are 99% sure that's going to happen. Am I 99% sure? No. Um, you know, could that lead to some other mixing and matching of someone else taking over in Arkansas um, who I won't name that everyone probably knows the, the name that's out there potentially? Sure. And there are all, all kinds of wild scenarios that could play out here. But the fact is, I, I don't, I can't say any of that for certain. So I'm not going to act like I know that that's going to be the case. And um, again, Eric Musselman's still coaching Arkansas, and he's got at least eight more games to go, or whatever it is, uh, nine more games to go of doing that. So, where things went wrong this season, I have no idea. Um, I just, you know, like we said, it is this era. I've always said, you know, with Kentucky teams, with Arkansas teams, Muss has just done it so well for so many years. You give him the benefit of the doubt. But there have been guys not named Eric Musselman who have brought in transfer groups and put teams together that just don't work out for whatever reason. They don't have the chemistry. They don't gel together. Um, that's been the case with this team. Uh, they're, they're not very good in really any areas. Um, they have just not kind of met the expectations that we had for them on paper. I was really high on Arkansas coming the year, but it hadn't happened. And, you know, when you have players questioning effort and all this other stuff like we've seen along the way, that's just never a good sign. Um, so, not sure what happened with this team. Uh, cautionary tale, probably, as we look back on this Arkansas team. But, uh, yeah, a lot, lot more questions than answers, for sure. Blake, are you Trilly Donovan? I've got to ask you. I've been meaning to ask you. <laughs> we yeah, run in the right. same circles and we right. follow all the same people. Are you Trilly? Listen, 
Listen, if I was, I'd be putting a lot more out there. I'd be, I'd be all in on all these SEC rumors. Like, I'd just be hounding this stuff every day. Um, no, I, I can confirm, or am I confirming, that I am not truly Donovan. So. Blake, I want to ask you, uh, jumping over to the state of Mississippi, I, and just a brief question there. I, we, I asked you, you know, before SEC play started, who would have the better SEC season? I think we both agreed that Mississippi State, you know, now Mississippi State is kind of – I don't even know what's happened with Mississippi State other than offense has not been there. Defense has been okay. It's just been a disappointing season for the Bulldogs. I want to ask you about Ole Miss, though. Uh, Bruce Pearl had a very interesting comment the other day when they played at Ole Miss saying that Chris Beard has kind of taken Ole Miss to where he took Auburn, but a lot quicker. Uh, What is the ceiling for the Ole Miss basketball team heading into the rest of March? Yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, it's a team that I think has – a lot of upside. I mean, it's, you know, as well as they shoot the ball, I think that's been the biggest surprise we've talked about this year is just that, you know, they shoot it so well. Um, and, you know, really you looked at kind of how invincible they've been at home. And then Auburn came in the second half and, you know, sort of took that. But if you just say, all right, they've had one bad half at home, that's still a pretty good number this year, uh, given the, you know, the amount of games that they played at home. And um, so I think when you look at it from that standpoint, they've still got four home games to go. South Carolina, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Georgia, three of those games are going to definitely impact your NCAA tournament resume if you can win a couple of those at least. Um, So you're moving more towards getting out of that bubble conversation um, and all that. But, of course, you know, too, if you just look at schedules, like I think Ole Miss has kind of got, you know, an interesting schedule. Actually, I think I may have been looking at the wrong schedule, Mitch, or I think it was – yeah, I was looking at the wrong schedule here. They've still got Missouri, South Carolina, Alabama, Texas A&M at home. I was looking at the wrong year. Uh, they go to Kentucky, they go to Mississippi State, go to Missouri, go to Georgia. So I was going to bring up the fact that they get Missouri twice. Um, that is a nice thing to have to a certain extent because it's like, okay, you should pick up two wins, right? But it's also, you're not getting any rewards out of that. Like, you're not getting any rewards out of playing Missouri twice. So if you look at it from that standpoint, um, you know, you have to take advantage of your home games, which still applies, even in the, the other schedule I was reading. You still have to take advantage of the South Carolina, Alabama, Texas A&M games. All of those are going to do something for your resume. Um, and then it's like, okay, you really need to win at Georgia, too, just to, to feel like you're safe, uh, because Georgia's not an NCAA tournament team right now. Uh, but ultimately, I think Ole Miss is going to find enough wins to be just fine, get into the tournament. I don't want to say comfortably, because you just never know. It's an unforgiving league, as we know. Um, you know, and, and they've got a pretty tough test at Kentucky next Tuesday and then Mississippi state on the road and the, and the rematch is going to be tough, but I think they'll find enough wins to get in. Uh, maybe it's a nine seed, 10 seed, something like that. Uh, but I just, yeah, I like this team because they're older. And I think when you get these kind of older teams, even though they've struggled a little bit, you know, last couple games, um, I think this sort of reset, you get the week off, um, kind of come back, play at Kentucky. I feel like there's still enough there to, to like what you see with this old Miss team. Blake, uh, three more kind of teams I want to talk about real quick, but I want to go to the state of Alabama, Alabama-Auburn. Uh, you know, Auburn with a big win the other night. Uh, who finishes with the better season, Auburn or Alabama? Whew. Well, you know, I, I predicted a couple weeks ago, someone said, well, if you had to put, make a bet on somebody to win the SEC, who would it be? Um, I, I picked Alabama at the time, but the more you look at the schedules, I, I think Alabama's probably got – Maybe. I mean, I'm looking at this now. I'm like, Alabama's probably got the toughest schedule left of the group of teams that have two losses. And theoretically, you could also say that Auburn may have the best schedule left of those teams. And so I would maybe even flip my answer to Auburn a little bit because, again, they get the luxury, kind of like we talked about with Ole Miss, 
Two of your road games are at Georgia and at Missouri. Uh, and I think those are just, you know, two games that Auburn should win for sure. Uh, and then, you know, your home game, South Carolina, Kentucky. So that's what it was. Bitch. It all, it all, it's a full circle here. Auburn was the team whose schedule I had pulled up when I was talking about Ole Miss. Um, so it's the same one I said a minute ago. It just went meant for Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Georgia all at home too. So I, I think Auburn has the best path because that Alabama game was so important. If they won that one, you know, now you're back to the head-to-head record. Alabama's got a tougher schedule. Um, and I, I think there's actually a decent chance Auburn's going to lose on Saturday at Florida. But beyond that, if you just go past like the Tennessee game, I think Auburn's got a great chance to win all the rest of their games on their schedule. Um, and I feel like of this group of four, I do think there's a decent shot that all these teams lose to at least two more games. Um, just because, again, the schedule, they're going to play each other, so games are going to get lost somewhere. But uh, the more I look at it, Auburn may be the better choice just because Alabama's got a tougher schedule. Like we're going to close with the University of Tennessee, a, a team that I really truly I think that this is the best team that Rick Barnes has, uh, has ever had. I think that this team is, in my opinion, one of the most complete teams he's had. Is this the Tennessee team that finally kind of breaks through and gets to that Final Four level, or is this going to be another disappointing march uh, for the Tennessee faithful? Well, I mean, if they're going to do it, I think it's got to be this team because I just think you look at the pieces that are there, you're not going to have, you know, a group of older guys like they have with Ziegler and James and Vescovy. You're just not going to have that. And, I mean, Connect's older too, but, you know, he's just been on another level, right? And, and you're probably not going to have another guy like that. Like, he's someone that comes along once every little while uh, from a scoring perspective. And they're still one of the best defensive teams out there. Uh, connects helped him kind of solve some of those offensive woes. Sure, there's still been times where you're like, is anyone else going to step up other than him? But we've seen that the past couple games. Ziegler stepped up. James has stepped up. Um, you know, Ganey stepped up. All those guys. So this is probably the most complete team he's had, certainly since the Grant Wilson, Admiral Schofield team several years ago. Um, this team, I think, probably has a little bit more depth, maybe, if you want to go that far, because they do. They do's played great. Mayshack plays a huge role for them. Um, and just all everybody that plays. Awaka, you know, can do some good things in the front court. So I just really like this Tennessee team. I think that, again, um, they're probably still going to have some games, maybe not to the extent of the South Carolina one, because I just think that was a bad matchup uh, with the way South Carolina plays. But I still think Tennessee, of all the SEC teams, has the most upside just because they got the, the experience, they've got the defense, and they've just got that one game-changing offensive player. Uh, and when you combine all those together, that, to me, is usually what leads teams to deep runs in the tournament. So, um, yeah, if they don't do it this year, for all the frustration Tennessee fans have had, it will take it up a notch if, if they're not able to get you know to a Sweet 16 and beyond this year. So. He is Blake Lovell. Blake, tell them where they can find all of your amazing work. And as always, I appreciate you coming on the Mitch Davis Show. I will see you in Nashville, my friend. Yeah, I always enjoy it, Mitch. Uh, Like you said, Southeastern 14, we're doing it all on YouTube. You can find us there. Yeah, we do SEC basketball, baseball, football, all that good stuff. So check out all of our our daily content going up there. And, yeah, everything else, I'm on Twitter, slash X, at the Blake Lovell. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the MitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show, and the co-host of the Hit It to Hoover SEC Baseball podcast with my boy Jake Nichols. Check it out. I'm going to be joined by Coach Nick Mengione. Talk with him 
earlier today on Friday, February the 9th. Going to be talking to head coach of the LSU Tigers on Monday morning, Jay Johnson. Talk about the defending national champion LSU baseball team. A lot of excitement down there in Baton Rouge. But on today's podcast, I want to give a very, very special thank you to my boy Blake Lovell for joining me on the Mitch Davis Show. As always, Blake is a good friend of mine, mentor, friend, and really just an overall great guy. So really excited always to have Blake Lovell on the Mitch Davis Show podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Facebook and Instagram at The Mitch Davis Show. And always, always, I encourage you to check out TheMitchDavisShow.com. And for my Memphis listeners, I do have an interview with Coach Matt Reiser, head coach of the Memphis Tiger baseball team, up on SoundCloud, Apple Music, and also over at College Baseball Central, so check that out. And then also, you can find this uh, interview on SoundCloud, on Apple, on Spotify, everywhere where you like to listen to your podcast. Simply type in The Mitch Davis Show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend.